Chapter 14, Swimming. It was five in the morning in Brighton, England. Ped was up early. He was making his way to the front of the studio when he noticed a small package had been left on the front doorstep. Ped loved getting packages. He couldn't believe he had missed it the prior day. Ped always thought the bigger, the better. But he wasn't one to complain about tiny ones either. He was just a little upset because he was thinking it might be one of the new man bags that he had ordered from Rob Hare's market. No, he thought. It was just too small of a package. Recently, Pat had discovered his feminine side. He had been shopping for a man bag that was actually made for the modern man. Shopping had become one of his favorite activities. However, he had little time for his new hobby. He was always at work trying to make money to fund his latest addiction. Pet opened the door and the sun shined across his pale face. He covered his eyes as if he were a vampire, hiding from the light. As he reached down to pick up the package, he noticed there was no return label. Who had sent this? He thought. While walking back into the studio, he was ripping into the parcel. He thought, Oh, it's probably the chili affair. Bird at the chili affair had been bragging about the pineapple and mango jams a lot lately. I love that stuff. Suddenly, Ped lost his train of thought. Laters. A man was yelling outside of the window. It was an enormously ridiculous splash into the swimming pool outside of the studio window. Shit! Ped yelled. There was a nude man in the water. Fuck! Ped knew exactly who it was. It was either Meller drunk again. Or it could have been Fishman, but the man in the pool was swimming like a dolphin. Ped noticed the man crawling out of the pool again and heading to the diving board for another go. It clearly wasn't Meller. This guy, his accent was similar to Fishman's, and he almost had a normal-sized penis. Meller had more of a tiny mushroom. Holy shit! Upon closer inspection, Ped realized it was Fishman after all. Dr. Wooly must have truly had a breakthrough with this dude. Amazing! Ped was so impressed, in fact, 
he continued to let the man enjoy swimming in their pool. Besides, security wasn't there to help him handle the situation, and Ped was truly excited to find out what he had just received in the mail. When he finally got the package open, peanuts fell all over the ground. They were not packaging peanuts. They were actual, real consumable peanuts. After eating a few and tossing the shells on the ground, he then realized there was some beef jerky underneath it all. He found a note attached. It had been typed out. He read it to himself in the same goofy style he used when he did the podcast ad for the Chili Affair. Hey guys, I'm having a great time here in P-Town. It seems like a regular town. Nothing to report here. It is a nice place to vacation. Glad I came. Just wanted to send you a souvenir. I love that stuff. Signed, Dr. Woolley. About that time, Miller walked in the room. Talking to yourself again, huh, nut job? Then Pat asked him why he was at the studio so early. I had security set up an alarm by the pool yesterday. Well, the alarm woke me up. Ped then told him that he had not even heard an alarm. Yeah, it's set up on my smartphone. I'll get you linked up today. Ped looked out at the naked man. That alarm is going to be going off every five minutes with that guy around here. Miller quickly noticed the jerky that Ped had just cracked open. With one quick swipe, he greedily took it from Ped. The two began to fight over it. It's from Wooly! He sent it to me! Ped yelled. Miller called him a cunt and kicked him in the scrotum. As Ped reached down to comfort his testicles, Miller licked every piece of the beef jerky. Then he began to eat it. You're a selfish prick! Ped was completely pissed off. But then he noticed there was yet another bag of jerky in the box. He opened the bag. Then he reached over into his man purse and grabbed some chili and mango jam to go with it. He began to rub the jam onto his jerky. He licked it, aiming it towards Miller with a sarcastic grin on his face. He began to stroke the jerky. This is the absolute best jerky I've ever had in my life. And oh, that jam is a right treat. We've got to get some more of this P-Town delicacy. Miller was mad as hell. That was his jar of jam. He hadn't been this upset in months. Nobody touches my chili affair. He wanted to punch Ped, but he held back. Miller left the studio and began to head home. He noticed the noon man swimming in the pool. It pissed him off even more. The world is out to get me, he thought to himself. I guess Ped is just going to let our studio become a public hangout for morons. Miller decided then he wasn't going to record another show with a guy 
that would stoop so low as to steal his jam. Even worse, a man that would let some nut job invade their sacred recording ground. Miller looked down in the passenger seat at his rubber ducky. At least I've got you, ducky! What was left of his beef jerky was resting on the seat next to his ducky. The label on the packaging was from a brand he had never heard of. It was called Little Nat Fillmore's Awfully Sweet Jerky. The label proudly boasted, made fresh in P-Town, Oklahoma. Missy Butts was still having nightmarish flashbacks of Richard Bitdead's Turtle Dick episode at the porn studio. It was date night in Dr. Cosby Jackson's neck of the woods. Mr. Butts was finally coming through with his end of the bargain. Jackson had been trying to call Missy, but she would not reply. He tried to get her brother Mork on the phone, but there was no answer there either. Mark should have answered. I know his ass is home, Jackson thought. In all actuality, Mork the mechanic just didn't trust the situation. He was, however, recovering well from his stroke. His father, Mr. Butts, looked at it differently. He knew that to make it in this town, he needed to make sacrifices. And well, his daughter Missy was unfortunately one of them. The special day at the cave was drawing near, and he needed to impress the leaders as much as he possibly could. As long as it wasn't Skeltor that was taking Missy, then Mr. Butts had no problem with it. Missy, on the other hand, was hiding out at Filthy Pizza. She had no intention of meeting with Dr. Jackson. Truthfully, she was scared out of her mind. She wanted to tell Filthy what was going on. She respected Filthy too much. He was too good of a man. She did not want to cause trouble for Filthy. So she remained silent. It did not tell him a thing. Sitting in the booth eating pizza, she looked up to see Jackson peering through the window at her. Oh, God, she cried. She knew what had happened to Debbie Downs, and she wasn't about to let it happen to her. She quickly ran to the kitchen and out of the back door. As soon as she stepped outside, her face slammed hard into the man standing in front of the door. It was Felipe... Boner. At first she felt safe, but when she saw the look in his eyes, she automatically knew he was with the cult. Boner grabbed her and tied up her arms. Jackson came around and ran his fingers through her hair. The studio is just a training ground for you, Missy. From here, we go to the stars. The ceremony wouldn't be any good without you there. Don't worry, though. The good ones like us that are part of the studio are not going to be sacrificed. None of us will die. You have my word. You have nothing to worry about, my dear. We're going to use this famous Dr. Woolley. We're going to use his ties to the media to spread the word. Soon, we will have a seven-league studio and a red door in every city in the world. 
I hope Dick Bit Dead is up for that kind of fluffing. He's going to be a very busy man. <laughs> you upsetting me, though, Missy. I hear you might have an infatuation with this other doctor. I'm only going to say this once. If this becomes a problem later, just know I am the only doctor that can save your ass. Gary Limpstick was on his way to the woods. Dirty had called him to tell him he had seen Albino by the campgrounds. He had explained to him that he had finally met with the great owl and that he knew what had to be done. Limpstick was very happy that Albino was safe on the campgrounds. His phone began to ring. Uh, hey, sugar tits. Gary had already looked at his phone. He knew it was his lovely wife that had called. Oh, you sugar tits, my asshole. Where's my wolfie? You better be on your way to get him. Oh, baby, I already told you I'm heading out to the woods right now. Kate Lipstick began to tear up. Oh, honey, be careful. Just get albino and we'll leave this town for good. There's nothing but evil in them woods. Get back here, Gary, and we'll leave this town in our past. I love you, Beastmaster. Gary's heart was so overfilled with joy. He loved his wife. She was the real deal. He loved it when she called him Beastmaster. It made him feel like a complete stud. Funny, though. She only called him that because he spent more time with the farm animals than he ever did with her. He had no clue. Woody McPallet was taking a shower with Kitty Pleasure in his mansion. Oh, Kitty, is that good? Is it good, baby? Kitty was trying not to slip while gripping the shower handle. She reached down pulled his penis out, and began to squeeze it as hard as she could. It'll be good when this is all over. I can't wait until we finally kill all them nuggets. This town will be ours. We will take on the world with our finances, with our power. With bloody sex as good as this, nothing can stop us. Woody grabbed her by the back of her hair and gently pulled her hand away. I'll take care of Kamala. You just make sure the nuggets are all dead. Every one of them. Kitty began to shove McPallet's face into the shower spray. The water began to choke him. After all the things I've had to do in that cave, they will soon all be very dead. Every last one of them. As bad as it has been in that cave, the prize is worth Every painful moan. All these years, Robin P. Nugget had put too much faith in Kitty Pleasure. He assumed that with all the power he had gained over her and her out-of-state cult following, that somehow she would remain devoted to him and his family. In reality, there was no loyalty among any of these cult leaders. They each had their own agendas, Robin had actually planned on getting away after the ceremony at the caverns, 
He had told Kitty he was taking her with him. What he didn't know was that her and Woody McPallet already had plans on their own. They had business plans with Felipe Boner. These plans were financial and global in nature. It was an evil genius plan of wonder. Robin P. knew what McPallet and Boner wanted, but he had no idea Kitty was in on it. What Robin P. Nugget did know for certain was that the wheels of the cult members were signed over to him and the Nugget family. Unfortunately, the oil was very much McPallet's alone. Even worse, the ancient heirloom was still in Camelot's possession. For this all to work out in Robin P's favor, he was going to have to retrieve that ancient boomerang. He pulled out his cell phone and dialed Sheriff Pat Downs. All the men on the campgrounds were just waking up. Well, except for Sheriff Downs. He wasn't going to wake up. The men were sharing a pot of coffee and discussing their plans to take on the Red Door cult leaders at the cave. Wooly and Dirty were a good ways away from the other men. They were, however, close enough to hear the men's voices and the birds singing their songs in the new morning. The sheriff's body was still hanging from a tree. The sunshine on his dead face. Camelot told the men to make sure Wooly didn't get close enough to see the sheriff. They agreed. Suddenly, Pat Down's phone began to ring. Camelot walked over and pulled the phone from the sheriff's hip. A voice rang out loud through the speaker. Listen here, Pat. I told you not to fuck me over on this ancient heirloom, and look what you've done. Where is it? Robin P. shouted. To Pastor Nugget's surprise, Biggie old Camelot's voice came over the phone line, and not the sheriff's. Oh, devil man, the great owl has spoken. I will not hate you any longer. You were born into the darkness of the woods. I was born into the light. Yet our blood is one. Your soul has been drenched in greed. Your ancestors took love, oil, and life from great owl, Kamalat. You took our land. Leave this town on this day. Take all of your people. Never come back. Do this and you will live. If your evil presence remains, then all will be lost to the storms. Robin P. was very upset. He had never in his entire life felt as much hate as he had in his heart at that very moment. He began to educate Camelot on his lunacy. Hey, Indian, give me the ancient boomerang or I'll kill you before these storms get a chance. We will almost certainly go to the stars, but you will go first. Now what have you done with the sheriff? Big Eagle thought for a moment, and then he spoke. I have all the power 
I have the great Camelot dildo. I know. My father, young Al Camelot. I know who his father was. But I have Willie B. I have the famous Dr. Willie. Send the people home. Oh. Admit to them, you are a fraud. Let them go free. Robin P. spoke up. My son's name is Jimmy. Jim Bob Nugget. We share no blood. Trust me, Indian. He is not on your side. You and these people, you're so pathetic. If I set them free, they would do nothing but damage and destroy future generations. I'm doing this world a favor. Pretty soon, these idiots will all be dead. People that are easily brainwashed deserve to die. My purpose will soon reach fulfillment. They will soon all go to the stars. I do not need them anymore. I most certainly do not need you. Just the ancient dildo. Robin P. hung up the phone. Camelot howled at the stars and threw the sheriff's phone at a tree. Albino began to howl. All of the men looked up to the heavens. The great owl could be seen in the stars. It was a sign. Dirty and Wooly had heard Camelot shouting from across the camp. Dirty saw Gary Limpstick walking towards Sheriff Down's body. Nugget held Dr. Wooly back. He couldn't let him meet the sheriff at this point. That would cause too many problems. Pat Downs was dead as a doornail. The conversation on the sheriff's side of the campsite was lively. Limpstick asked, Oh, what the fuck is going on here, Smoke? Mr. Teeth motioned for Jay Smoke to explain. Teeth began to voice his opinion. All the men gathered together except for Camelot. He had spoken with Dirty earlier, but he walked over to the other side of the campgrounds to speak to him one more time. He asked Wooly to let them speak privately. Wooly agreed and stepped back for a moment. Camelot began to speak. Go on, Dirty. Go take care of your business. Go to your church and say your prayers. Do spend time with evil. Stay focused. I, Big Eagle Camelot, must trust you to keep Wooly safe. I have to plan our infiltration into the caverns. You will meet us at the cave in the moonlight. Wow. Be there before the ceremony. We will swim into the side opening in the dark of the night. We must do what 
we can before the storms spin into place. Meet us before midnight. If Willie B does not show up with the proper team, then this town will suffer. Bring with you no evil. Jay Smoke was running over to the men. He whispered, The great owl, he spoke to me. He said the one that wears the nut on his skin will help us find the answer. Not dirty. Now will it be? Remember? We got our ink together. Got them tattoos and we's just youngsters. You know there's a peanut on your left arm. Tattoo of a peanut. You wear the nut on your skin. The great owl gave me a sealed envelope. He said, give it to Nutty Split Pea. To you, Nugget. Only when you have followed through with Big Eagle Kamalot's plan. You remember the last time Nutty P was with us? Well, when he spoke to me through you, he told me he tried to keep Dr. Wooly from coming to P-Town because he thought Willie B was too afraid of his pop. He kept looking over his shoulder Nervous and scared. You remember Willoughby? The great owl. He wants me to give you this letter. He wants me to give it to Nutty P. Come on, plan involves you, Nugget. You know what I mean? But you got to listen to the great owl, Dirty. You don't fuck with the great owl, man. We have to do what he says. Big Eagle shook in agreement with Jay Smoke. Then he said, You wear the nut on your skin, will it be? Of all the people in this town, it is you, Nugget. Your friend, Willie, is involved now. But you hold the keys. Robin P. is right. You are special. There are many souls inside of you. You must bring the ones that count to the red door. You must bring the full team. I speak of your mind. I speak of your friends, Ped and Meller, especially Meller. He was born with the gift of diversity in his heart. What is buried deep within his soul will prove to be a treasure. Wow. For many years, I listened to the rumors in Porn Town. Everyone assumed you just had serious mental problems. People always spoke of how paranoid you had become. No, you knew what was coming. I knew all along where this was going. It 
is in our blood. I cannot deny that any longer. Although, I will tell you now, dumbass, we are not brothers. The great Tao told me we are blood, but you are not my brother, dumbass. Do not tell people that we are brothers. I know of Jimmy Jimbop's plans. Let me say this now. If Jimbop comes into play tonight, it will ruin everything. Porn Town may still get what it deserves. It is up to your reflections. We will be watching you. Dirty took in every single word. He had never spent this much time with Big Evil Come Alive before. In the past, he would have ended this exchange of words with a knife fight. Today, however, the Great Owl had spoken. Willie B was no longer just another nugget. He had to try and understand that Camelot was his family. He promised Big Eagle that there was no doubt in his heart. Nutty P would be there when called upon. That was the first time Jay Smoke and Willie B had ever talked about Nutty P in front of any other people. It felt natural. It felt like it was right to happen now. Smoke felt almost like this had all happened in a dream he had once before. Still, everything felt broken somehow. Something still wasn't right with Dirty, and Jay knew it. As the men began to disperse, the most insane laughter began to echo into the woods. It was coming from Dirty, but it didn't sound anything like him. It was a stranger voice. It was giggling and spitting up and gurgling at the same time. Nugget sounded like a crazy man. He yelled out to come a lot. Special package to Petit Miller. Robin P, you will never hold the ancient heirloom long enough to succeed. I will obey the great owl. <laughs> Jay Smoke began to feel nauseous. He was scared. Jay began to think of the ones that he loved. He thought of Duke. He wondered. Was it right for him to have killed the sheriff? Was it Skeletor that really killed Duke? Was it the sheriff? Who was it? Who killed Duke? But did it really matter? He began to think of Dolly Melons and the struggle that she's had her entire life. He cared deeply for her. He just wanted her to win, and he had faith that she would. Just then, on the other side of the campgrounds, three tricks had approached the camp. What the fuck is he hanging in a tree for, man? What the fuck? 
Jay answered. Sending a message, Trix. Too bad these cult fuckers aren't going to listen. Listen.